You're listening to the best of Morning Drive with Dietrich and White, an on-demand audio presentation of redpeachsports.com and ESPN977.com. Now here's today's show. Good morning, North Louisiana. What up? How goes it? Aaron and Jake hanging out here in the Caldwell Banker Group One Realty Studio in West Monroe. Young whippersnapper over here, man. The uh, week kind of beats you down. No, no, I'm good. Right. Uh, let's talk a little football. I would love to talk okay. some football. So um, I, I mentioned the other day that my, my buddy was in Vegas. <clears throat> he was sending me odds on stuff. And, and he wanted to bet the under on uh, yeah. LSU and the win total. Yeah, and I talked him out of that. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't think it was a smart bet. Yeah. Uh, seven and a half. I think they'll get um, – I think they'll get to eight. And your main argument was, of course, that uh, the number of stars returning on the defensive side of the ball, the, the schedule doesn't bother you that much. Uh, you feel like the offense. I didn't come, say that. The offense will come around. <laughs> I didn't say that either. <laughs> what I said was the defense was so. And strong. this was before you knew about the Ohio State. Uh, kid. That's why, I'm like, yeah, yeah about Burrow, the Ohio State kid making they, a visit. They might win ten games now, Aaron. Yeah. No, I'm just playing. But I do think uh, – Could we half. just think that he's signed, sealed, and delivered? If he's coming to Baton Rouge for a weekend in May and he, gets to, uh, an opportunity to go out to the box. It's tough to beat, man. Get some crawfish. Mm-hmm. They're going to trade him real Walk nice. around that campus. How could he leave without being committed to Edward Geron and Ensman? I don't know. Honestly, I really do like LSU's chances. And – you know, the pitch is always there that, look, all we're missing as a quarterback. That's and all you have Miles Brennan and Loyal Narcisse and Justin McMillan. They'll show them around campus, too. Yeah, they'll be. <laughs> they'll be the campus yeah, guides. Absolutely. Great campus guides. Yeah. They'll form an immediate bond. Yes. Yeah. No, but that's, uh, you know, so I talked him out of the, the seven and a half yeah. going under because he was very confident. I said, no, it's not worth it. Anyway, he sent me some more. uh bets uh-huh. for me to, to look at and some, some odds i should say now uh you're his insider yeah you're the reason why this he's not going to make money next year. exactly yeah. no but he did some so something interesting was he sent me nfl mvp betting odds mm-hmm. and so i'm going through the list and tom brady's one plus 600 no shocker there. Aaron Rodgers is second, plus 700. I'd probably still lay money on Aaron Rodgers just because. Just mm-hmm. Carson Wentz was third, plus uh, 1,100. And then Drew Brees was plus 1,100 as well. And Russell Wilson was plus 1,200. So I'm going through this list, and I'm like, okay, okay, quarterback, running back, quarterback. Where's Alvin Kamara? Mm. He, the last person on this list he sent me was Case Keenum, and that was plus 4,000. So plus four thousand for Case Keenum. That means Alvin Kamara has better odds than that. So I told him, do whatever you can, find Alvin Kamara and put money on that ASAP. Mm. If you're gonna get those kind of odds, plus after the Ingram news, mm-hmm. dude, come on, you gotta take advantage of that. It's worth ten bucks. Absolutely, absolutely. Because you gotta think that his his numbers, he should put up some really good numbers those first four games. Whether uh, whether the Saints use you know another back to to fill Ingram's you know void or not, Kamara should still have more touches than he normally would. 
in those four games. So you got to think, okay, he'll get the numbers there. <clears throat> Plus we saw how dangerous he was last year and how Sean Payton just methodically used him and, and will continue to use him. Um, and it made quite the impression on the NFL because you saw some teams in the draft try to take, you know, similar backs to try to, you know, replicate that in this copycat league. Mm. So uh, for that reason, I'm just thinking Kamara would be top ten in my book, probably top five. As far as I would have him over Breeze because I don't think Breeze is going to put up those type of numbers. You know, I mean, we saw a little bit of a decline last year, and I, I think we'll see another decline this year, and that's okay because of the, the, the strength of this team overall. Mm -hmm. So, anyway, I just thought, you know, Kamara not being – I don't counting these numbers up real quickly. This, these are like 20 names. Mm. Um, Who's the most surprising name on there before? Uh, I Eli, like those odds. Eli Manning. Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> you know, yeah. like Eli Manning's Just on here. Flush your money down the drain. Down Alex the Smith. Yeah. Andrew Luck is uh, the most surprising. <laughs> we don't even know if he's going to They got play. odds of him actually coming back next year. <laughs> That's what I should have asked. Yeah. Um, yeah, so you've got like the, the odds of Andrew Luck actually starting game one. The odds of that. Yeah. What would, what would I handicap those yeah. odds? I don't know. I like Carson Wentz's odds there, too. Carson Wentz is pretty good. Um, yeah, plus 1,100. That's not bad at all. But I still would just put money on Rodgers just because I feel like he's going to come back with a vengeance this year. Mm. But, yeah, I, I told him to put money on Rodgers and Kamara, fine Kamara. Then he sent me the Heisman odds. And these are always difficult. Um, I actually was in Vegas before, um, I guess it would have been the 2016 season, and I put money on Patrick Mahomes because he had incredible odds. And man, I came kind of close. I mean, he put—I knew he was going to put up some ridiculous numbers, but you still kind of—you still have to be in that conversation. You have to be relevant. Did you come that close? Was he even invited in New York? He, I'm just saying the numbers-wise, he kind of fizzled yeah, down yeah. the down the yeah. season. But I thought it was still a good bet because I got crazy odds, and I just put five bucks on okay. it. Okay, all right. But uh. So I tried to look for something similar, and if you look at the the Heisman odds, Bryce Love leads it seven to one. Rightfully so. Yeah, uh, Jonathan Taylor from Wisconsin eight to one. Those are no surprise. Uh, Khalil Khalil Tate is getting a lot of hype coming into the season. I feel like teams are going to figure him out, mm -hmm. and kind of saw a little bit of that toward the end of last year. So nine to one odds, I just wouldn't touch that. Now I did tell him, you know, Tua had ten to one odds. I said I would throw a little money at Tua. I, I feel pretty confident that he'll be in the conversation. Yeah. I would throw some money at him. And also J.K. Dobbins, the running back from Ohio State. I think he's going to have a monster year. I don't I don't think I would touch Jake Fromm or Jarrett Stidham. Uh, will Greer is kind of like that Patrick Mahomes pick where you know he's going to have the numbers, but just how relevant is West Virginia going to be. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, he's he's getting 12-1 to odds too. Um, the, the bet I liked the most – was DeAndre Swift of with Georgia, thirty-five to one odds. Now this is a running back that they're going to lean on heavily, and you know they established it last year, especially with that offensive line. They want to pound the rock, and Jake Fromm is there to be kind of like AJ McCarron. Uh, I look at Fromm as McCarron, even though Fromm might have a little bit more talent. I, I think uh, Fromm's going to be that that game manager, which we like to paint in a bad light, but I don't see it that way. I just think he's so poised and so. Um, 
especially as a freshman last year, you look at how poised he was. I was I was really impressed with his composure. Uh, so anyway, I still think the r- rushing attack will still be their bread and butter. DeAndre Swift, we saw glimpses and flashes of what he can do last year. Think of what he'll do without Michelle and Chubb. So I I like that a lot with 35 to one odds. Um, <clears throat> Travis Etienne was another one running back Clemson, and the other one that I I thought about but ultimately kind of went back on was um, Trace McSorley with 18 to one. I know he's missing a lot of playmakers, but I I still go back to his performance last year. You can almost say you're falling into a trap, kind of like Sam Darnold. With, with that Rose Bowl. But uh, Trace McSwiller was great in that in that game last year, and I just kind of think that he'll continue to mature. And James Franklin, even without, you know, the offense coordinator going to Mississippi State, I still think that uh, he'll have a great year. Did you happen to see uh, – I, I was failed to bring this up to you about a week, week and a half during finals week there in Arkansas – Chad Morris out. Oh, on the you know, you did bring that up oh, to I me. Did? You texted it to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. And good. I was going. Chad Morris out on campus carrying about uh, the students and their welfare, Stop. handing out Red Bulls. I figured that would have been Ed, Ed Orgeron, <laughs> Ed Orgeron style with the Red Bulls, but perhaps he was just hogging them, them all for himself. Probably so. Is Orgeron sponsored by Red Bull yet? He needs to. He needs to. Be I, I thought the, the storyline, though, he was cutting back on his uh, nine Red Bulls a day. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I don't want to die in the next yeah. year. Um, Chad Morris, Aaron, he's the reason why I can kind of wait for football season to get here because I know you're just going to want to talk about him. Every little thing Arkansas does, too. You're just going to be all about some Chad Morris. I I do not – sorry, Arkansas fans, but I do not want them to get off to a fast start. And we we have looked at the schedules, and, of course, just uh, on the basis of that, Arkansas has a much better chance of getting off to a fast start. And, of course, Chad Morris – making a stronger argument that he's a better coach than Edward <laughs> This debate will not die. Uh, we did have some news from LSU, and it was football-related news, and it did not have to do with the quarterback, uh, the potential of the Ohio State quarterback, Burrow, transferring in. Uh, and, it, and it did have a local tie-in, mm-hmm. an announcement that uh, Jerry Stovall, former West Monroe star, will actually have his jersey retired come the fall and uh, pretty big considering there have only been 13 jerseys retired by the school overall and three of those being in football yeah so that's quite an honor for yeah. Jerry Stovall it was uh, I believe 2009 so we were kind of putting this thing together during the summer the greatest players ever from northeast Louisiana who of course uh, starred in the high school ranks and obviously uh, Jerry Stovall was on our list. We had an opportunity to kind of catch up with him. Really, he had an incredible story. Coming out of West Monroe, he was a huge Rebel star, but was lightly regarded uh, in terms of recruiting. In fact, the, the legend is and the story is, and Jerry told us this, that uh, it was like the 51st or 52nd scholarship that LSU had, and they offered it to him. Hmm. And then he goes on to become – the conference's most valuable player in 1962, uh, the Heisman Trophy runner-up uh, that year. He was on the 1961 SEC championship team, finished uh, – this is kind of how things have changed. He finished at LSU with uh, just over 1,000 yards and 13 touchdowns on the ground, another 452 receiving and one touchdown. But in 2009, I asked him about, of course, his rise to stardom, and here was Jerry Stovall's response. You have never heard uh, anybody talk about my size, 
my speed and and my strength. Uh, and I think a lot of that was in fact because I didn't have a lot of either one of those. I think one of the things that I brought to table, maybe my biggest asset, was the fact that uh, I, I was raised by a family who taught me hard work. It was a total, absolute surprise to me that anybody thought that I could play beyond the high school level. If anybody would ever look at a guy's life and say, well, gee whiz, if that old guy can do it, I ought to be able to do it too, then they need to look at me. Because uh, there was none of this planned by me. There was none of it that was orchestrated and none of it anticipated. It's nothing but just a young man that was given a chance and helped along by an awful lot of people. Congratulations to Jerry Stovall, and we did that interview with an orchestra in the background. <laughs> yeah, I thought so. <laughs> uh, you know, you make fun of Orgeron a lot, but I'm sure Orgeron was banging that drum to try to help you. You don't think so? You talk, you, you think, I didn't think he had anything to do with I think he Jerry helped. Stovall being his number retired? I think he helped. <laughs> come on, man. Dude, Orgeron always talks about the former greats, and come on. I'm sure he helped. 888-993-7762. Let's take a timeout. Coming up next, let's talk a little college baseball. We look forward to a big weekend, a huge series between Southern Miss and Louisiana Tech. We go behind enemy walls coming up next, right? Yes, we do. Uh, Jason Munch from the Hattiesburg American will join us. The morning Drive is back after this. Whatever car you're looking for, whatever the price, for how many doors, cars, trucks, and SUVs, the king of the road, car king. We treat you like royalty, we earn your trust and loyalty. You'll be wearing the crown and you'll start to sing, the king of the road, the king of the road, car king. On Saturday night, May 19th, in El Dorado, Arkansas, it's world-class revolution wrestling, 7 o'clock at the Griffin Music Hall, featuring in action, Big Papa Punk Scott Steiner, the champion, Jack Swagger, the IWR World Tag Champions, the Von Erics, and many more, including me, me and Gene Oakland, Emma, and several others. Folks, it's going to be a great night of action. Get all your information and tickets at imperialwrestlingrevolution.com in El Dorado, Arkansas. Saturday night, May 19th. We're talking with Matt Livengood, General Manager at Calvert Crossing Golf Club. You know, Matt, people probably have asked you, what's so special about Calvert Crossing? Well, the difference is our daily focus is on grass and it's on people. So what that brings to you is unsurpassed customer service and superior golf course conditions. And May is the final month of our spring membership drive. You can make Calvert Crossing your home club at 75% off initiation and your first month's dues are free. Come enjoy the private club experience without the private club cost. Stop by and we will give you a tour of our first class facilities. Calvert Crossing is located on Hodge Watson Road in Calhoun. Whether you have a sports or an orthopedic injury, nagging low back or neck pain, work-related injury, or even vertigo, get the care and treatment you need at Legacy Outpatient Therapy Services. LOTS has been a reliable health care provider for Ruston and the surrounding communities for over 15 years. Give Chase Patterson and his team of skilled therapists a call at 318-255-9601 or visit our website at LegacyRehab.net. LOTS, official partner of Louisiana Tech Athletics and your home for trusted therapy solutions. Powered by Legacy Rehabilitation. Good morning, Louisiana. This is the Morning Drive. This hour is sponsored by Car King in Monroe. 
All right, Jake, how about this series this weekend as uh, Louisiana Tech takes the trip over to Hattiesburg to square off against nationally ranked, in fact, uh, number nine in the country in several polls, Southern Miss. This should be fun. Yeah, uh, this is what we've been looking forward to for quite a while for Louisiana Tech. And joining us now is Jason Munns of the Hattiesburg American. Jason, how you doing, man? Jake, I'm well and, and always glad to, to talk to you. The feeling is mutual, brother. Um Listen, we've been talking about this matchup coming up this weekend for quite a while, and I, I, part of me feels like it's lost a little bit of its luster simply because of Louisiana Tech's recent struggles, but I still feel like it's a huge, huge weekend. What's it feel like over there? Same. I mean, it, it's 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 very much the same uh, for a variety of reasons, and uh, you know, not the least of which is the fact that uh, Southern Miss is, in first place uh, in Conference USA with a three-and-a-half game lead. And, um, you know, Louisiana Tech has become sort of a rival in, in most sports uh, to Southern Miss. And so, um, you know, you've got that aspect of it. Uh, Louisiana Tech's in second place, uh, you know, right behind Southern Miss. So it's a key series for uh, for both teams in that way. Um, it's a big series for uh, Louisiana Tech and their hopes to uh, potentially – Getting that large uh, bid into the into an NCAA regional, if they are to uh, fall short at the conference tournament, um, you know, and then Southern Miss has uh, dreams and hopes, and their fingers crossed of possibly hosting a regional again. Uh, there are some people that that say that that is not as far fetched as, uh, as some other folks uh, might think. So, yeah, it's it's. Uh, it is a big series for a variety, you know, for for a number of reasons, uh, and I failed to even mention the fact that it is the um, it's the last uh, home series for uh, if Southern Miss doesn't host a regional, it's the last home series for Southern Miss this year. So, um, so yeah, yeah, definitely big. Uh, no matter what happened last week, to Louisiana Tech. Yeah, you look at Southern Miss's resume right now: thirty-five and twelve overall, nineteen and four in conference play, and of course, uh, red hot as they've won 12 of their last uh, 13 games. I knew they probably realized they had a pretty salty team this year, but it seems like they really kicked it up a notch here in the last uh, couple weeks. What has been the difference with this year's team as they have rolled to those 35 wins? Yeah, Southern Miss started hot this year, and uh, you know everybody was feeling good. And then there was about a two-week or three-week stretch where they went 4-4 four and four or 5-5 five and five or something uh, over an 8- or 10-game stretch, and it was like, what happened? Uh, where, where you know where where did things start to go wrong, um, and then like you uh, referenced, they won 12 out of the last 13, and things have uh, you know everybody's feeling good again. And I think the biggest reason why is um, the biggest reason why is defense, pitching and defense. Um, Southern Miss uh, had a, like an eight-game stretch without committing a single error uh, during this streak, and uh, you know that's that's pretty remarkable. Um, when you think about it, just how many, uh, you know, how many chances a team gets over that over that length of time, and have a 1,000 fielding percentage uh, over eight games is, is really astounding. Um, and and so they've really improved, uh, really improved there. And then also on the pitching uh, on the pitcher's mound, uh, they just don't walk anybody. I don't have the numbers in front of me uh, right now, but I think they lead Conference USA in fewest walks allowed and. You know, you can afford to give up some some hits and some runs here and there, as long as you're not uh, 
as long as you're making the other team earn them, you feel a lot better about it. And that's what they're, that's what they're making their opponents do. And anytime uh, anybody's going to score against Southern Miss, I mean, most of the time they're going to have to earn it. And 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 that's uh, you know those two things I think are, are have really uh, been been big factors for for Southern Miss. Some of the coaches have changed, and of course, a lot of the players have changed. But uh, this is still a very heated rivalry. From your perspective, Southern Miss's perspective, uh, would they consider this their biggest rival, and they want to the, take their best shot at the dogs? I think so. Uh, right now, when you're talking about um, Conference USA, uh, I think most years it would probably Southern Miss would probably get. The series I think Southern Miss would probably get the most up for would be Rice, uh, but the last couple of years Rice has just not been the Rice we have all come to know, uh, you know, as, as that dominant uh, team. So it's it sort of lost a little bit of its uh, shine, and 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 Louisiana Tech has certainly uh, been very very good the last handful of years. And like you said, there's been some some turnover with different. You know, obviously with the players and, and a few of the coaches, but I think the way the uh, coaching chips have fallen, it's it's only made it uh, even more intriguing. Uh, you know, you got Lane Burroughs uh, as the head coach over there at Louisiana Tech, who spent a number of years uh, with Scott Berry, uh, who's the head coach at Southern Miss, uh, spent a number of years alongside him uh, under Porky Palmer here at Southern Miss, and then Travis Creel, uh, who who played at Southern Miss uh, under uh, Scott Berry and Corky Palmer, and and then obviously uh, Christian Ostrander, who is the pitching coach at Southern Miss right now, uh, had been the pitching coach at Louisiana Tech. So it's just it's it's there's a lot of uh, connections there, um, and I want to say Austin Knight is uh, uh, is on staff over there at Louisiana Tech. He's a local uh, local guy from from uh, Sumrall uh, over here in the Hattiesburg area, and um, so I know a lot of the people around here know him, and so yeah, a lot of lot of uh, lot of connections uh, between these two teams. You talked about Southern Miss working on their resume to perhaps host a regional. Of course, they're getting it done with on the wing column. What about the fans? How has attendance been this year, and what are you anticipating this weekend in terms of crowds for this series with Louisiana Tech? I would hope. <laughs> I would hope. I mean, you know how sometimes fans can be. They can be a little fickle, but uh, not 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 as much with baseball um, here at Southern Miss. Uh, they they're pretty reliable, and um, you know it's it's interesting you bring that up. I I think they're going to set an average attendance record, uh, an average home attendance record this year. Um, they're averaging somewhere in the neighborhood of thirty seven, thirty eight hundred uh, fans a game, and. Uh, yeah, I, I look for. I, I would hope that that number would be exceeded uh, every day this weekend, just because it is potentially the last time the home crowd is going to get to see uh, their team, and and it is. It's kind of for all the marbles. Um, Southern Miss has a chance to clinch uh, the regular season championship this weekend, and um, I would I would you know if I'm a fan. Uh, that's something that, that's worth coming out for. And uh, and so, yeah, and, and then just, again, on top of it, it's Louisiana Tech, uh, and, and there's there's always good baseball between these two teams when they when they take the field. 
Jason, I want to ask you about a guy we'll see tonight, Nick Sandlin, coming off back-to-back uh, shutout victories. Can you even put into words how special this guy's been this year? I can try, but I will probably fail. <laughs> he's, uh, he's, he has, I'm going to say that by the, by the time it's all said and done, unless he goes completely off the rail, that this will probably go down as one of the top two or three uh, seasons by a starting pitcher in school history. And that's, I think that's saying something just because they've had a number of really good pitchers over the years. Um, and a, and, a, and a lot of really good seasons by pitchers uh, in there in, in Southern Miss history. But, you know, you're talking about a guy who we are in mid-May now, and he's got a .88 earned run average, which is second in the country. And the, the only guy who's got a better earned run average than him has thrown almost 30 fewer innings. And so I, I think that in itself speaks volumes about – the, the kind of dominance that he has exhibited uh, this year. He's, he's got something ridiculous, like a 10.5 to 1 strikeout-to-walk ratio. His strikeouts per nine innings are around 13 or something, 12 or 13. Um, all that stuff's in the top five in the country. Uh, you know, he's, the, people are starting to whisper. Uh, you know, whispers are starting to swirl a little bit that, that – uh, Southern Miss might potentially find itself in the Auburn Regional, which everybody knows uh, about Auburn's uh, starting pitcher, Casey Mize, who could be a top uh, five overall draft pick this year. Um, so he's, he is, uh, Nick Sandlin is just, it's, it's ridiculous what he's doing. And, and uh, I, I know I didn't do it justice uh, running down his, you know, the way he's pitched this year, but uh, I, I defy anyone to, to try to do that in, in 60 seconds. Lane Burroughs called him the best pitcher in the league and then, of course, also pointed out that Southern Miss also features the best hitter, Luke Reynolds, as uh, he continues to tear it up. Obviously, he, he's a big bopper in the lineup, uh, the former Mississippi State transfer. He is. Uh, he's hitting like 380 with 12 homers and 40-something uh, RBIs, and uh, I think he's in the top five in the country in our base percentage. He's got something silly like a 54, like a 540 on base percentage this late in the year. Um, he started almost every single game. I think he missed one game with uh, with like a, a hamstring type of deal, but um, but yeah, he's playing every day and he's getting on base, you know, well over half the time. He's throwing a lot of walks. He's getting hit by quite a few pitches. I think he's got 10 or 12 uh, hit by pitches. So he's he is a presence in the middle of that Southern Miss lineup that um, that is that makes it incredibly dangerous. I mean, it's already a dangerous lineup when you when you take into account guys like Matt Walner, who's the reigning National Freshman of the Year. Um, uh, you know, guys like Matthew Guidry, who's had a good year. Hunter Slater has got, I think, 10 or 11 home runs. So this is a really good lineup, but then you put Luke Reynolds uh, smack in the middle of it. And, uh, it. It makes it, you know, it puts it over the top and turns it into a potentially elite lineup. I mean, they're averaging something like eight and a half runs a game or something silly like that. So, uh, yeah, Luke has been has been a really, really, really strong addition for uh, for this for this baseball team.
All right, final question. This comes from the Stuart Shelby text line, and uh, this is an optimistic Louisiana Tech fan, Tyler. He wants to know when was the last time Southern Miss has been swept at home in conference play? Wow. Uh, man, I would have to uh, pull out the media guide on that. I've been covering been Southern Miss baseball. Yeah, I mean, I've been covering Southern Miss baseball since 2013, and uh, it's, I don't, I don't believe it's happened since then. Um, and, and gosh, that's interesting. I tell Tyler to check me out on Twitter <laughs> at Munsley, M-U-N-Z-L-Y, and I will, uh, I will research that as soon as we, as soon as we're done here, and and get the answer to him. But because, because now I'm interested. Yes, that is an optimistic view right there, though, from Louisiana Tech fan. Hey, anything can happen. Louisiana Tech, I, I think personally, Louisiana Tech uh, just had a little hiccup last week, uh, possibly maybe looking ahead to this series. Um, I do not think that uh, the Bulldogs will uh, will not show up. I think I think that Southern Miss is going to get uh, every bit of Louisiana Tech they can handle. Jason, appreciate it, Bob. Where can people find your work, man? HattiesburgAmerican.com. Uh, uh, and then, yeah, just follow me on Twitter at Munsley, M-U-N-Z-L-Y. I, I, I usually, uh, I usually pro- promote uh, all my stuff there as well. Good stuff. Thanks, buddy. All right. Appreciate you guys. Uh, Sandlin, uh, he mentioned that Gaudy was 7-0 and on the year, that .88 ERA. Mm. It's nasty, and I, I was looking, second in the nation with that ERA. I was looking for the last time Southern Miss lost a series at home, and it was Old Dominion last year. Uh, in that was in April, so yeah, Southern Miss is uh, pretty dang good at home. First pitch tonight, six o'clock. Uh, you can hear it on one hundred seven point five. Z. Let's take a timeout. Coming up next, you'll hear from uh, Malcolm Butler. Your text, your calls, always welcome at eight 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 nine nine three seven seven six two. We're back after this. Whatever car you're looking for, whatever the price for how many doors, cars, trucks, and SUVs, the king of the road, car king. We treat you like royalty, we earn your trust and loyalty. You'll be wearing the crown and you'll start to sing, the king of the road, the king of the road, car king. Whether you have a sports or an orthopedic injury, nagging low back or neck pain, work-related injury, or even vertigo, get the care and treatment you need at Legacy Outpatient Therapy Services. LOTS has been a reliable health care provider for Ruston and the surrounding communities for over 15 years. Give Chase Patterson and his team of skilled therapists a call at 318-255-9601 or visit our website at LegacyRehab.net. LOTS, official partner of Louisiana Tech Athletics and your home for trusted therapy solutions. Powered by Legacy Rehabilitation. The newest lawn equipment pro center in the area is your new Cub Cadet Superstore, Yard Power. Yard Power in Monroe is your source for the full line of Cub Cadet mowers. In fact, they're the only dealer in Northeast Louisiana. And Yard Power is loaded with Cub Cadets. Over 100 mowers on the ground ready to roll. All backed by a full service and parts department. So remember YP, Yard Power. On Highway 165 in Monroe, just one mile north of Century Lane. If you or a loved one have been injured or a victim of medical malpractice, you need to go Guerrero. I'm Lauren Guerrero, and my father is Jeff Guerrero. 
He has helped thousands of people who have been injured in auto accidents, offshore accidents, drug recalls, and victims of medical negligence. So if you or a loved one have been injured through no fault of your own, do what thousands of injured clients have already done. Go Guerrero. Call 24 hours a day at 325-4306 or come by the office at 2200 Forsyth Avenue in Monroe. Now let's get back to the sports on the morning drive. This hour is sponsored by Car King and Monroe. Welcome back to the show. You're going to end the, the week on a bang here with some gusto, Jake Martin. It's not time for parting shots, yeah. is it? <laughs> That's what you usually say before parting shots. You're throwing me off my... Uh... Off your game? Yeah. The guy that's always on his game, that being uh, Malcolm Butler, Sports Information Director from Louisiana Tech. He joins us on the Stuart Shelby Hotline. What up, Malcolm? How are you doing today? I'm good, guys. How about yourself? Good. I was thinking about you yesterday as I was hearing your call here on Sports Talk 97.7. The number of days that you spend on the road and in hotel rooms, uh, how you stay so lean and mean. Do you ever get tired of the road, or do you, have you figured out a way to adjust to the meals and, of course, the hotels? You know, uh, the older I get, the more it does seem to wear on me a little bit. Uh, but, I, you know, I don't know about lean and mean. Uh, I'm just trying to trying to stay uh, upright these days. But, no, I mean, it's, you know, you learn how to do it. You learn if you eat right, uh, try to get sleep when you can and so forth. It's fine. But, no, it does, it does wear on you, especially – by the time you roll into into May, and I've been traveling now since football season, uh, it takes its toll. Uh, you find yourself in Charlotte, North Carolina, of course, for the uh, conference softball championships, and of course, you're hoping the season continues here for a couple more weeks. Uh, let's talk a little bit about this Lady Textures uh, squad, and it's certainly a tough loss yesterday, up four nothing, looking pretty good against the top seed in the tournament, and then of course. The sixth inning, the infamous sixth inning, once again strikes against the Lady Textures. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been a little mind-boggling here over the last week, and you know, there's as Coach Montgomery told the team last night after it was over, there is no such thing as the sixth inning curse. Uh, although it seems like it's been the case here over the last week, uh, the sixth inning has really bit us. It bit us twice out in El Paso, and then you mentioned yesterday. You know, we're up four nothing going in the bottom of the sixth, and Florida Atlantic scores seven runs, and, you know, it's just – it's been one of those things, and uh, it, it, it was disappointing. I mean, this team is sitting at the same spot it sat last year in Hattiesburg. We won the first day, we lost the second day, and then we had to go on the third day, win a couple of games to make it to the championship. So we're, we're in the exact same spot. I think this one hurts more uh, because last year when we lost on that second day to FIU, we were never in the game. I mean, we were down in the first inning. We lost 7-1. to one. Uh, here you felt like you were in control. Uh, you had a great chance to stay in the winner's bracket. Uh, and then all of a sudden, boom, seven runs in the sixth inning and, and you lose. So uh, it's been a little bit mind-boggling. But, you know, these kids are going to come out and they're going to fight today. There's no doubt about it. They've been through a lot this year. They've been through more adversity uh, than people will ever know. Uh, you know, they've had teammates quit on them. Uh, they've just been a lot of different things that have gone on. So, uh, you know, they're going to come out. They still want to win this thing. Uh, and I'll be surprised if we don't come out today and play extremely hard and, and you know, have a, give ourselves a chance. I don't want to dig up bad memories, but this past weekend in El Paso, and, of course, you've been a fan and been covering Louisiana Tech athletics for all of your life. Uh, for that to unfold like it did in El Paso, was that one of the most devastating losses that you've been a part of? Without a doubt. 
there's no doubt about it, in 19 years to – because, you know, I know how hard, you know, these young ladies have worked, and I know how much they wanted that regular season title. And, you know, we went into El Paso controlling our own destiny. And we knew if we won two out of three, we were going to we were gonna be the regular season champions regardless. If we only won one, uh, we were going to need a little bit of help. And, you know, we, had, we, we led both those games on Saturday and let them both slip away. And, uh, you know, so we left there Saturday knowing that we still had a chance to win it on Sunday. But – we needed FAU and FIU to both lose on Sunday, and both of those games started before ours. Uh, the FIU team lost uh, before we even threw the first pitch, so we knew that was one that had helped us. And uh, the FAU game ended uh, when we were up five to one uh, in the top of the sixth inning. Uh, UTSA won on a walk-off home run, uh, which was a little surprising. And so all of a sudden, everything had fallen our way, and we're sitting there ahead five to one going into the sixth. Uh, you know, six outs away from winning our first ever regular season championship. And to see that slip away if they scored five runs in the bottom of the sixth, all coming with two outs, it was just, it was really, it was sickening. And uh, it was a hard pill to swallow. But they did bounce back. And, of course, uh, if you lose that opening round matchup, you come home from the conference tournament, and they responded in a big way. No, they did. We played well on Wednesday. You know, we jumped out to a 3 nothing lead in the second, and, then we added three more in the third, and, you know, Presley pitched well, and, uh, you know, we made some good plays behind her defensively, and, you know, we won that game 6-1, to one, uh, and, you know, felt pretty, I really, I felt really good going into yesterday's game against Florida Atlantic, even though it's a four seed against a one seed, we knew that if we had just won on that Sunday, we were actually the one seed, and so even though we aren't the regular season champions in our minds. We're still the best team in the league. And so we fully expected to go out there yesterday and win. Uh, and for five and a half innings, we were the better team on the field without any doubt. Uh, but that, that sixth inning just got away from us, uh, unfortunately. Uh, you know, Presley had a, an issue with her finger where a blister kind of opened up. And uh, so she start, when that happens as a pitcher, you start losing the grip, you start losing the spin. And when you start losing your spin – you start losing the movement, and pitch started, pitches start flattening out. And that's what happened, and they started hitting her. And so Mark went um, to Jenny Chapman. She came in. She couldn't get the out. She went to Crystal Bella Cruz. Uh, she wasn't able to get an out with the bases loaded and two outs. They hit a, a, a bases clearing uh, triple. And, it, again, it just kind of got away. And he did everything he could to try to get that those outs. But it was just, you know, one of those innings. And, unfortunately, we were on the wrong side of it. All right, Malcolm, uh, the road back uh, through this bracket now. It starts uh, later today at one thirty here on Sports Talk 97.7. What's it going to take to kind of fight their way back into this tournament? Well, you know, excuse me, we got UAB first. Uh, it's a team that we took two out of three of in from Ruston in Ruston or about three weeks ago on senior weekend. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a good UAB team. They actually ended up winning the West Division. Uh, over us by a half a game because they actually had a tie on their conference record. Uh, so the tiebreaker didn't come into effect. So the fact we took two out of three didn't help us in that situation. But uh, they got beat yesterday by Middle Tennessee 11-6. to six. Uh, They got two very good pitchers. Uh, they do not have an all-conference pitcher, but they have two solid pitchers. Um, they have some speed at the top of the lineup. They have a couple of kids in the middle of the order that have really started getting hot down the stretch. Uh, so we're going to have to go out there, and in all honesty, we're going to have to score some runs. I mean, Presley can't Presley can't throw both games today, and we're going to have to win two to get to tomorrow. Uh, so 
you know, I'm not exactly sure 100% what the game plan is, uh, but we're, we're going to have to score some runs because I just don't see us winning a one to nothing or a two to one game today. So offensively, we're going to have to go out there and be good. We're going to have to play good defense behind whoever's in the circle, and we're going to have to get some big outs in critical situations. And and this team has shown that they're capable of doing that this year. Um, you know, it's just that we have not been able to do it here in the last week. Uh, Malcolm, I wanted to bring this up. An outstanding event you guys had last week, uh, the Texpies. This thing has kind of uh, developed into a pretty cool event. It's got to be nice to get all the student-athletes under one roof and honor their accomplishments throughout the year. It is. No, it's a lot of fun. Uh, you know, it's something we started, uh, what, this was year four, so something we started after Tommy McClellan uh, came to Tech as the AD, and I think you see more and more and more schools doing it now, and it's just our way to kind of uh, honor the past uh, athletic season. Uh, it allows the student-athletes to get dressed up uh, and come out and kind of celebrate the year, and you know, it's about an hour and a 15-minute uh, event. Teddy Allen MCs it, and we have a lot of different presenters, and we have a couple of our student-athletes uh, who are talented uh, in other ways besides on the quarter on the field that perform during this event. And uh, it's been a lot of fun. So, uh, yeah, no, it, it seems like it's gotten better every year, and uh, we had a lot of fun this year. Yeah, and the coaching uh, karaoke in the van with uh, Tommy McClellan is outstanding. Who came up with that idea? Yeah, that was how, a- hard was it, how hard was it to convince the coaches to do it? Yeah, that was a little disturbing, uh, but, uh, no, it was fun. It was great stuff. You know, Tommy's a really good sport when it comes to that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, from what I understand, it didn't take much convincing to get the coaches to agree to do it. They knew it was all a good fun. And uh, I'm trying to remember. I'm, I don't remember whose idea it was. We have a little committee uh, that kind of oversees the text piece. Uh, and somebody on the committee, I don't remember if it's Jonathan Holden, our video guy, or maybe – uh, one of our marketing guys, but somebody came up with the idea and presented it to Tommy, and he was on board, and I thought it came out really good. It was fantastic. Uh, hopefully you'll have a long weekend there in Charlotte. Certainly appreciate the time, Malcolm, and we'll be listening to the call later today at one thirty. Thanks, Aaron. I appreciate it, and, yeah, hopefully today's a good day for us. Malcolm Butler, Sports Information Director from Louisiana Tech. Sixth inning, if it rolls along again today. Oh, fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah. Montgomery says no six-inning curse, though. Yeah. It's just one of those things, though, man. It gets in your head. Yeah. Mm. Hey, by the way, you scoffed at me earlier. Yeah. On what part? Orgeron. Yeah. I'm not saying he's the reason why. Let me make that clear. I'm not saying he's the reason why they retired. Um, Stovall. Yeah, but I'm, I'm saying as much as... As he puts an emphasis on the old mm. Tiger greats, you can't say he wasn't. Or I'm not saying this is a fact, but I'm just saying yeah. I, I believe he was behind the curtains. You're not saying that he was out there picketing of the administration building. I'm not saying he was out there for retiring his number. I'm not saying he was out there handing out, you know, um, Stovall bumper stickers. And stuff. No, yeah. but I am saying that I, I feel like he went to bat for his guy. Mm-hmm. Especially he talks about the old Tiger greats and bringing emphasis and bringing pride to and the And he does. Program. The number that you see that come through practices and pictures and yes. things like that. Yeah. Just saying. Okay. 888-993-7762. I just like to bust your chops. I know you do. Lord help. If Chad Morris did it, I mean, <laughs> goodness. Let's take a timeout coming up next, our parting shots, plus our weekly visit with Joey Trappé. Good morning, Drive. Back after this. Whatever car you're looking for 
Whatever the price for how many doors, cars, trucks, and SUVs, the king of the road car king. We treat you like royalty. We earn your trust and loyalty. You'll be wearing the crown and you'll start to sing. The king of the road, the king of the road car king. The North Louisiana Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Clinic is dedicated to helping you get back to your old self, maybe even better. Whether a sports-related injury or an accident in daily life has you sidelined, let the progressive all-star team of physicians, therapists, and professional staff at North Louisiana Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Clinic provide superior service and results. Visit us at MonroeOrtho.com to schedule your appointment at one of our three locations in Ruston, West Monroe, or 1501 Louisville Avenue in Monroe. Get your craw daddies now at Randall's Fine Meats. Randall's Fine Meats has your craw daddies ready to go every day. Low prices for live or boiled. Ask about their 5 and 10 pound specials on some of the best crawfish around. Plus, Randall's will even cater your next event. Just give them a call, 343-0382, and book in advance. Randall's also has your specialty stuffed meats. And you have to try his fried cracklets. At Randall's, like them on Facebook or just stop on by. Randall's Fine Meats, 4205 Old Sterlington Road, Monroe. Bayou Independent Wrestling is back at the West Monroe Convention Center. Friday night, May 18th, doors open at 7, the bell rings at 7.30. Featuring a street fight for the Deep South Heritage title between the champ, Dirty Andy Dalton, versus John Saxon. Plus a Southern Heritage Bayou Independent title match between Vordell Walker and Trip Cassidy. Wesley Crane going against Barry Brown. And catch Commissioner Nick Harrison setting the record straight with Steve Anthony. Advanced tickets are $10, 15 at the door. Bayou Independent Wrestling is sponsored by Bob Allen Dojo, North Louisiana Title, Cassidy Insurance Agency, Frogs Flea Market, Iron Cactus, Mitchell Body and Frame, Sober Nest Recovery Homes, Professional Land Surveying, Sandra Fontenot Estates, Motel 6, Elements in Pine Hills, and El Chili Verde. Bayou Independent Wrestling is back at the West Monroe Convention Center. Get your tickets now at West Monroe Convention Center and Caldwell Banker in West Monroe or call 355-1301. That's 355-1301. Good morning. Here's latest weather conditions for our area. Plenty of sunshine with warm temperatures and no mention of rain in the forecast for our area throughout the weekend. Look for daytime highs to be near 90 and nighttime lows in the upper 60s. Sports Talk is on the air. On the morning drive, this hour is sponsored by Car King and Monroe. Welcome back to the show. I always love finishing our weekend week visiting with Joey Trappe, restaurant entrepreneur. He joins us on the Stuart Shelby Hotline. Joey, what's up today, bud? Man, just getting ready for a busy weekend. Hey, I got to ask you, you're part of a four restaurants. You could literally eat a, a meal at every single restaurant for the entire week. How do you not blow up to, like, 300 pounds? Man, to be honest with you, uh, I forget to eat a lot. That's kind of no. why. Uh, yeah. It's just, you know, what a lot of people fail to realize is, like, when normally it's time to eat, it's time for me to work. <laughs> so yeah. uh, often, man, I'll, I'll, I'll just miss lunch just because, you know, I'm – that's the, the heart of my working day. Um, so I think it's just absent of calories is how I don't blow up because, man, it's hard to walk by and not snag an egg roll or a piece of fish or something, uh, you know, just left over or we cooked one too many. Um, that 
that that's how those pounds can can sneak up on you real quick. All right, Joe, you got four menus to choose from. If you had one go-to thing, though, uh, the one thing that uh, you could probably eat uh, twice a day, what would it be from those four Oof. menus? Man, it would have it, it. It'd be hard to not lean towards the burger at Fieldhouse. Um, ah, I, I just I think it. Uh, the burger's been our staple for 10 years, man, and I, I think our burgers are that good. Um, if, I, if I walk in the traps, it's hard for me to not eat our smothered catfish, uh, which is uh, grilled or fried over a bed of rice, uh, smothered in crawfish etouffee, uh, crawfish city. I think if I walk in there, I'm going to get the city platter that has shrimp, crawfish, and crab legs on it. And if I navigate in the portico, uh, shrimp and grits is... I think the best in town. So, uh, you know, I think that that gives you a good little roundabout, uh, you know, view of all the menus there. But I, I really, there's nothing on any of our menus that I, I, I hope people don't get. You know, I, I think, um, you know, we pride ourselves in serving the most quality product at all four spots. And, um, you know, we, we've kind of figured out what the customers want and we're just trying to make sure we stay consistent there and, uh, you know, constantly find ways to improve the overall atmosphere and experience of our guests. Joey, how many uh, weeks we got left in Crawfish City? What are we looking at? Woo! Man, Fieldhouse, we already stopped um, at Fieldhouse. But, man, Aaron, I, I mean, I'm looking at the calendar right now. I'm thinking probably three, maybe four weeks left. Um, you know, it's just um, that time of the year, it's a it, it's a – it's a gauntlet of a, of a crawfish season. You know, you start out in January and February kind of takes off. March is a, a gangbuster, and April and, and May kind of start to slow down. So uh, crawfish are still looking good. They're not really hard to peel. Sometimes in May you get hard crawfish, and, and we're not really experiencing that right now. Um, we're still getting great crowds in, um, you know, we, um, down to 349 a pound. So, uh if you're still trying to get your last little fix of, of crawfish or if you need a, a crawfish ball for a party or anything, uh, just give us a shout. And we'll hook you up for sure. And finally, this time of the year, everybody wants to be outside. And I guess I uh, highly recommend the patio out there at, uh, you know, at Traps and, of course, uh, Portico. Certainly some opportunities to sit outside there, too. Yeah, man, absolutely, uh, Aaron. The, the weather is right. Uh, everybody wants to be on the patio right now. I mean, we'll be on a wait with 15 tables available inside and people are just sitting there. Now nah, we'll just wait for the patio to open. So we understand it's a, you know, a high commodity right now. Um, you know, truth is we only have about 14, 15 tables outside at traps. So, I mean, they fill up pretty quick, um, but it's, uh, you know, on the West side of the river in the shade, um, it, it definitely provides a great uh, dining atmosphere especially on these cooler nights. Uh, you just get out there with a couple folks and uh, kind of lose track of time, honestly, and just uh, soak up some some good memories and eat some good food while you're there. And Trape's forecast this weekend, it should be superb, correct? <laughs> That's what my man said right before he came back. Uh, he said it was a high 82. <laughs> yeah, nice. Thank you, bud. We'll see you this weekend. Appreciate it, guys. Get an opportunity, head out to uh, Portico, Traps, Crawfish City, or the Fieldhouse. Uh, let's not uh, do the bumper because we got a limited time here. Jake Martin, I know you have a few parting shots for us on this Friday. 
I do. Uh, I don't know if you saw this video on Twitter. I was actually kind of late on it, but this 37-year-old woman, Elizabeth Loriente, I hope I'm saying her name right, she did 1,490 burpees. Incredible feat. In 60 minutes, which is a new record for women only. So when you just read the story, you're like, whoa. Incredible. Wow. Wow. And then there's controversy. Then you see the video of it. And you go, oh, I've been doing burpees wrong this whole time. Or you're like, I could do a 1,000 burpees that way. Absolutely. So she didn't do the push-up part of the burpee. Pretty important part yes. of the burpee, wouldn't you say? And she got maybe an inch off the ground. So was it really a burpee? No. Why? How did they give her – how did they allow this? Why did they give her the record for this? Sounds like my form. <laughs> Life is always bashing my burpee form. You at least do a push-up, though, right? Yeah, it's the getting off the ground part. <laughs> I try to just put my hands up, you know, to make it you barely get up. make it appear that you're jumping when actually you okay. are not. Well, she kind of did that, too. I mean, she got off the ground. It was an inch, but, you know, whatever. I don't think that's the purpose of the burpee, but that's just me. Guinness, they've fallen back on how they're doing their records. <laughs> they've, become, they've become lenient. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That was my party. That shot. was your party shot. That's all you brought. I mean, I've got, uh, you know. How about this? I wanted to bring this up because at one point, Rick Riley, I think everybody considered him to be the premier sports writer in the country. Yes. You were uh, I, enamored with him, kind of yes. like uh, Alex Rodriguez. His writing, I, I consider him to be one of the greatest writers. So what happened to him? A lot of bad choices. <laughs> well, he got kind of lazy because he would. Re, he would basically repost old columns uh-huh. and wouldn't change a whole lot. And you're just like, I read this before. Uh-huh. He started doing that. Uh, he misquoted his father-in-law over the whole Redskins thing. His father, How do you misquote your father? It was his father-in-law, but he said he, he basically <laughs> said um, it was about the Redskins and his father-in-law is Native American. Uh-huh. And so the quote actually said something like, it's, it's silly to me. But he took it out of context. What the father-in-law was saying is it's silly to me that they won't change it. But he made it sound like it's silly to me that uh, they want it changed. And so he, he, he had to come out and say, come out with his own little statement because he said Rick Riley wouldn't change it. So that was some controversy. And then he did he, he stopped writing and started doing some on-air stuff. Yeah, it wasn't ESPN, good. He had a, a great gig with them. But it wasn't good. Like, he's not he, he's not a great on-air yeah. guy. Like, he's great at writing. Yeah. But, yeah. I bring this all up because he has a new gig, right? Yeah, with the uh, athletic, yeah. Hmm. Rick Riley is back. Rick Riley's back. Yeah. Which, I mean, again, if he goes back to his old ways of writing, I mean, I'm, I'm down for that. Uh, also, some news from the, the broadcasting world. Dick Vitale, at the age of 78, signed a contract extension with uh, ESPN. How many years? Uh, not very long. Lifetime? To 2021. <laughs> <laughs> it was set to expire, I believe, uh, last year. So he's uh, tacked on another year or two. He scaled back his uh, schedules. Though, yes, yes. Um, also, one more quick thing. Aaron Murray is trying out for the Bears. He, along with 43 other players, are coming in for a three-day mini camp. Thought that was kind of uh, interesting, the fact that Aaron Murray had accepted a broadcast role. Uh, but yeah, here he's back trying out the NFL again. Uh, busy day, of course, with West Washita playing for the state semifi- in the state semifinals at 10:30. Claiborne Christian will play for a state championship later today at four o'clock. 
You have the Lady Texters, of course, trying to stay alive in the Conference USA Softball Championships. You can hear that right here at 97.7 starting at 1.30. Everybody have a fantastic weekend. The Edge is coming up. Thanks for listening to the best of the morning drive with Dietrich and White. To listen live every day, tune in at ESPN977.com or subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find podcasts.